0: Good morning and welcome everybody You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM As Minnie clears her throat
1: <laughs> I was like,
0: oh, we're on. <laughs> 87.6, six AZM18 or 88 Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network Wherever you are, positively different radio in the morning You are with Lyle and Minnie As we just said
1: <laughs> Yes Oh yeah! Whoops.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, mics, good to be here. the mics were live. They,
1: yes, they were. I, realized, I was like, "Oh, that's loud. That's not. That's that, not." That came through yet. my headset.
0: Uh <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> ah, it's good to have you back on the show, Minnie, and it's good to have you back. Yeah. Permanently now.
1: Yeah, it's funny, hey, because it feels like it's been ages. I've been still doing once week because I went from every day. Okay, then I was like, oh. I've missed the people, the people I don't see or really hear from. But. Yeah, but we do. We, we, we
0: always miss you guys when we are not here.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. It's good fun, isn't it? That's right. Actually, I'll tell you what though. So yeah, I'm back. But yesterday I had my first aid course, right? Yes, so I was right. like, oh, I've got it. I just do it personally. I like to keep it updated. Haven't for a while. Anyway, so I go, I booked it in, you know, however many weeks ago. I was like, oh, yep. Okay. I don't know. Disorganizing thing. People are still doing exams at the moment, but I don't have exams this week. So I was like, yep, that's the end of the semester. Happy days put the alarm on my phone like I've from the computer yes. screen.
0: Sent me a text message to say that yeah. you couldn't do yesterday yeah. because you were doing yeah. first aid course.
1: Looks looked like straight in along my phone. I get there and they're like, oh, your name's on all this. I was like, oh, that's right. We look in the computer. No, no, it was for two weeks from now. And I'm like, I've never done that before. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was all good. Like they were like, yeah, yeah, just say like, we, you know, we can see you've booked and paid. Like you're not just coming in. But I was like, how did I, how did I get that so wrong? Like, <laughs> like
0: So that was nice. You don't have to go in two weeks now then?
1: No, 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 no. no. So you I did it, I did it yesterday, yeah. yeah but cool. I was just like, oh, self."
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway but that was all right how are Fun you feeling times.
0: yeah i'm feeling much better than i was yesterday yeah good which is good, good.
1: yes healthy or just
0: healthy better healthier yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes
0: went and saw my good doctor yesterday he gave me some uh white pills oh. i don't know what they are long oh. name but they do amazing things so you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm
1: Positively different.
2: All right,
0: so tell us some positively different news, Minnie.
1: All right, so quite unintentionally, I have two stories about animals today. Um, so the Croombit Tinker Frog is thought to only have a population of about 200 in the species, um, and after 20 years of trying and a lot of trial and error, a team has finally been able to bred some in captivity. Um, this frog is normally only found in small patches of rainforest in, like, central Queensland area like southwest of Gladstone, I think. I don't really know where Gladstone is, but that's what it says. It's in Queensland. Yeah, it's in it's Queensland. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the program began in the early 2000s um, because I guess people started becoming aware of the decline in the population. Yes. And I know that I learned about frogs in the ecosystem when I was in primary school.
0: They're kind of like canaries, aren't they?
1: Um, in what way? What do the canaries do? I don't know, maybe. Well, they're kind of like
0: the canary in the mine because they kind of are an early indication that your environment is going to pot when the yeah. frogs disappear.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what they said. They've said, you know, just from the things that the frogs eat and what the tadpoles do and then also what eats the frogs, you know, it's it's all a big cycle. And they said, you know, they they've for a variety of frog species, there isn't really something else to feel that. Like when frogs start to not be in a place, there's nothing really that steps in to do it in the same way. Anyway, so yes, they started to notice the decline of this specific species and were like, oh, this might be a bit of a problem. Um, But they didn't really know what to do about it. So Ed Myers is from the Queensland Frog Society and he was basically involved from the start in noticing this and going, okay, what can we do to change it? They didn't really know what to do. They didn't have much excess or financial support. But then by 2008, they had gained support from Azu and the Currumbin Wildlife Sanctuary on the Gold Coast. And so I guess with funding and people and a bunch more resources, they're like, all right, what can we actually do about this? But then there was still like another 12 years of just like trying to find out how do we do that? And and the reason they said it's so difficult to breed frogs um, in captivity is because the environment they need is so specific.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: I was like, really? I didn't know this. Like, I just thought, you know, just some water and something, you know, just. Button. I've
0: bred frogs in captivity. Oh, go you. Yes. So we frogs? went, when, when, when we were kids, we went and collected like a whole bunch of frogs' eggs <laughs> out of the dam, brought them yeah. back and put them in our fish pond. And oh, they turned yeah. into tadpoles and we watched them swim around in our fish pond, not our fish pond, our, uh, our fish tank inside the house with uh-huh. our goldfish. We had yeah, a couple of goldfish and then all of these tadpoles swimming around <laughs> and they were kind of cool and the tadpoles grew legs and uh-huh. then they lost their tails and then they became frogs and then they hopped out and kind of…
1: Did you lose them in the house?
0: Yes, unfortunately. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> this, was, this
0: was not a positive <laughs> no,
1: thing. No, that's not exactly what you want. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love so, frogs. But I bred frogs uh-huh. in captivity when I was a
0: kid. That's hey, right. Go you. died.
1: There we go. So, really, they should have got Lyle on the team. Oh, they just died. <laughs> yeah. In, so, successful.
0: In, in terrible places where they smelt. Oh,
1: melt. yeah. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> Poor frogs. Poor frogs. Uh, but, yeah, so I just thought it was super interesting. I, I know I've mentioned some of these stories before, but I just think it's so cool when it's like, right, what can we do? Yes. Um. You know, how can we help? Can we fix it? You know? And, you know, I don't know. Like, there's probably still... It's kind of sad that, that, that there
0: are you know, critters out there that you and I have seen that our kids will never see.
1: Oh, when you say it like that. Yeah, It true. is. It's
0: really, really sad.
1: Yeah, yeah, fully.
0: So when you see them, you know, uh, the population's being built back up again and then they can release them back into the wild and we can have a stable population, that's fantastic. Oh,
1: absolutely. It's the best ever. So good. And, like, I just think you, you have to be so dedicated to this. Like, you know, for these guys, they started, yeah, like early 2000s, started to become aware, like late 90s. That's a long time to feel unsuccessful. Do you know what I mean? Like, we all like the feeling of um, succeeding in something. Anyway, so that's a story that's happened recently. Um, another story. So, honey producers Anna and Sven Martin. So, they are beekeepers in New South Wales. In the past few years, they've been working to save the world's bee populations by rescuing feral hives and re establishing and caring for them. Um, I know that i've heard a lot of people you know just i guess over the last like five or however many years be like oh you know the world's bees the world's bees we've got to look after them um bees are awesome little creatures but yeah so these this couple has been like yep we've got to do it but then obviously last year australians fires just millions and millions of bees were destroyed um and so this couple was like okay yeah we want to do what we can to restore bees for us because they lost all of theirs as well Yep. But they also were like, oh, well, hold on. There's also a whole bunch of other beekeepers. So they originally wanted to start helping just with beekeepers in New South Wales. And they're like, oh, but this is like a national Australian problem. Let's just do what we can for whoever we can. Um, so they started a GoFundMe page, which was called, I think it was just help our beekeepers. Um, and at the moment, over 60000 uh yes, $60,000 has been raised, which I think is pretty significant. That's
0: significant. Absolutely.
1: I don't. Actually, know enough about keeping to know uh, beekeeping to know how much that would go. <laughs> like, I don't know how much supplies cost or what you have to do. But anyway, it's a start. It's a something.
0: I have to ask our good friend Darren Pratt. I believe he, he keeps beekeeper. bees.
1: I didn't yes. even know at that. a hobby
0: level. Yes.
1: Yeah, I actually all of my good well a lot of like my good friends last year when I was living in New Zealand were beekeepers, and I've always been interested in bees. You're like, oh yeah. But you know, when you know someone who like works with it, you get more and more interested. Just. By nature of them talking about it and you being there, and um, but yeah, so I was reading this. I was like, oh, I should ask my friends to, to do it. like. <laughs> so I just
0: um, Bees are so amazing. We would have so little food. I mean, what would we eat if we didn't have bees?
1: We just take it for granted. We
0: hey. do. We do. You'd like there's there's a few plants out there, edible plants that are wind pollinated, and we could live off mm. them, but our lives would be very very boring if we didn't have bees. Very very few of the plants that we eat would be.
1: Big plants, and also just as a creature. I mean, we do need them, but I think they're just fascinating in how they operate, like their whole system and structure and all of the things. I'm like, you know, the whole idea of worker bees. I'm like, yeah, they are hard workers. Like, I just think it's incredible. And yeah, as I said, like all my boys last year were um, beekeepers, and it was so interesting because they were all international. This is the sudden now, but they were all like. This is unethical. No, this is good. And I was like, it was like this whole world that I never knew about beekeeping. <laughs>
0: so you can have ethical discussions over beekeeping. Mm, I didn't know. Just put the bees out there and let the bees do their thing. They'll yeah, sort out their own happen. ethics.
1: That doesn't happen.
0: Often. Ooh, there you go. Interesting. If you're a beekeeper, you'll have to let us know how it works.
1: You're listening to The Breakfast Joe Podcast
0: on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so I've been busting to tell this story. Yes. I had a couple of false starts already. Let me get into it. Uh, this is Canadian researchers have come up with a way of combating alcohol poisoning. Okay. There has never been a way of combating o- alcohol poisoning before. In the past, if you got alcohol poisoning, it was just simply, well, you've landed here in hospital, um, you will either survive or you will die. Right. And we wait and see what happens. Oh, wow. Um, you know, a few medications that you can sort of take to um, deal with the withdrawals and so forth, but... It's kind of how it is. But guess how they are combating alcohol poisoning?
1: Well, I mean, you said the story was about drugs, so I'm going to say it's something to do with that?
0: Uh, yeah, kind of. Um,
1: I, okay, I, so I they're, they're
0: combating alcohol, alcohol poisoning through hyperventilating. So basically what happens is the alcohol goes into your bloodstream. Yeah. Your bloodstream goes through your lungs Alcohol evaporates very easily and quickly and it evaporates in the lungs and comes out through your breath, hence the breath on the side of the road with the police, you know. Okay, so they figured the more you breathe, the more alcohol you get out of the body and so they've created a machine where you can hyperventilate for extended periods of time without fainting and passing out and dying from hyperventilating.
1: How do they work this out?
0: Basically, you just breathe the alcohol out of your body.
1: That's kind of amazing, It is, it is. And that your body See, works so, like so, that.
0: So basically they pump lots of blood through your lungs mm. and they pump the uh, pump lots of air through the lungs, which is just breathing it out of the body.
1: Wow. How long does it take? Or it just depends on the well, person? Well, it depends
0: on the level of alcohol yeah. poisoning that yeah. the person is suffering from. And it's very early stages at the moment. They've built five units uh, and they're... You know, they're a little bit unsure about how successful it's going to be, but it doesn't have any side effects. It's not like you're giving mm. a person you know, some experimental drug to see if it will work or not. It's like, well, it's not going to hurt anyone, so we're going to give it a go give and a go. see what happens. So Canada does have a bit of a problem with alcohol. Uh, just the cost of alcohol alone is $15 billion it costs to the economy. And, of course, that is non-productive. That is counterproductive mm-hmm. money because alcohol is counterproductive to the economy. And uh, um, okay, so here we go. Here we go. This was the this is the big question I had about uh, alcohol and um, drugs. What do you reckon is the most dangerous drug that lands the most people in hospital in Canada?
1: Look, I don't actually know that much about drugs in general. <laughs> yep.
0: Um, so typically, we would assume opioids, right? Because yeah, you know yeah. people get overdose from opioids and land in hospital yeah, yeah, yeah. as a result of that. Okay, so seven point five. Canadians die every day as a result of alcohol Mm. poisoning or alcohol. Um, And 2.5 Canadians die from all other drugs, all other recreational drugs. That's a massive difference. Yes, this is in hospital. Wow. That's massive. Yeah. And so what it points out is just how lethal a drug alcohol is. And we've been saying this for a number of years now here on Faith FM, that alcohol is a lethal drug. Mm. And if you overdose on alcohol, you're going to die in the same way that if you overdose on opioids. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So let me give you those stats again. 7.5 Canadians per day Mm. die in hospital as a result of alcohol overdose. Which relates to 2.5 Canadians for other drugs per day in hospital oh. die from. Uh, yeah. Do you
1: think, how similar do you think that would be to Australia? Like in, in contrast? Yeah, Canada's
0: not that different from yeah. Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're kind of like. Um, well, Canada is kind of like America's New Zealand.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, so
0: we're, we're 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 countries that are very closely related to each other. Yeah, uh, we, they have a similar population to Australia. They've got about ten million more than us, but you know, a lot of similarities, in that they have lots of wide open spaces and very few people. Mm, yeah. Okay. All hospitalisations, uh, alcohol is thirteen times more common than opioids, as far as drugs go, yeah. drug based. Um, Recreational drug-based hospitalizations, thirteen times higher for alcohol than for opioids.
1: Is that accessibility as well? Like, oh, absolutely, yeah. no Cause, question. Because it's like it's legal. this is this is one of the
0: big things that the that the Canadians the Canadian research is raising at the moment mm-hmm. because Canada is bringing in you know this is this is all research that's been done over the last five years, mm-hmm. and during that time period in the last couple of years, Canada has been relaxing. Um, uh, restrictions on alcohol so that you can buy it in the corner store, you can buy it from the tailgate of a ute, you can buy it from pretty much anywhere you want. And they're saying, why are we doing this? Because every piece of research anywhere in the world that has has shown that restrictions on alcohol save the economy bucket loads of money Mm. and uh, reduce um, hospitalizations, reduce deaths, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So jack the prices up, add some taxes to it, restrict it to bottle shops only, and you're going to have a much better result. And Canada has all of this research that is showing the dangers of alcohol and they're going the opposite direction. It's like what is it going on with this?
1: Isn't it interesting as humans it's, it's bizarre? Yeah, it is not enough for us to actually have the right information. Because you no, have all the information in the that's world right. and we see just again and again as humans, we go, yeah, but nah. Like,
0: <laughs> that's human that's nature. What,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I tell you what, if, there, if you want some, some clear evidence no of the perversion of human nature as a result of the fall, mm. that's got to be one of the clearest evidences right there. Uh, let me see. So in 2017 to 18, in British Columbia, 361 out of every 100,000 hospitalizations was for alcohol poisoning. Um, in the Northwest Territories, it was 1,751 per 100,000 hospitalizations was for alcohol poisoning.
1: Wait, say that again. It was 1,751
0: per one, 1, 1 hundred
1: thousand. Oh, oh, wait. Oh. Oh, hey. That's
0: a big number.
1: Why more? Like that's a lot more than BC.
0: Yeah, um, high unemployment.
1: Uh huh.
0: Uh-huh. Kind of those two kind of things go hand in Often, hand. Yeah. And uh, also, yeah, I guess a lot of uh, months of the year where it's kind of dark and oh, people don't go out a whole lot, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, and they stay home and drink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it costs the, uh, um, uh, cost the economy 10 times more than opioids. Okay, so World Health Organization um, has stated that alcohol is a group one carcinogen, so that's up there with you know, asbestos and nicotine and you know mm-hmm. the really nasty killers. Yeah. Uh, it uh, causes seven types of cancer, particularly breast cancer. Women who drink alcohol are like five times more likely to get breast cancer.
1: That's significant. You know, this is, this
0: is like massive stuff here, um, and the World Health Organization has um, pointed out a couple of years ago that there is no safe level of drinking. Mm. None, because this is the big question. Okay, what's responsible drinking? What's a safe level of drinking? You know, can we have two drinks a day? Can we have one drink a day? Can we have three drinks a day if we're a big and we're a guy? And the World Health Organization, like, actually, there's no safe level of uh, of drinking. Okay, so uh, Dr. Keith Ahmad, um, who's an addiction specialist of Sir Paul's Hospital in Vancouver, has described the new Canadian legislation as a perfect storm that will destroy lives, it will destroy the economy, and a recipe for disaster. Um, France recently cut back on it; tried to has endeavoured to cut back on its drinking culture because of the cost to the economy and the cost to human life. And, of course, they have a, a wine-drinking culture mm. um, and they've you know, reduced their maximum to two drinks per day and not every day. Um, 8% of all cancers in France are as a result of alcohol, 41,000 deaths, 11% of all deaths alcohol-related in, uh, in France. And it's the leading risk factor for disease and death in men and women in the age bracket of 15 to 49 worldwide, and that is despite that 56% of the population of the world never drink. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And joining me in the studio this morning is Blake Penland. Blake, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Lyle. How are you? Good. Now, you've been on the show, what, once or twice before? Yeah, I've been here a
2: couple times. I love this place.
0: (laughs) And, uh, of course, you've shared your story with us. A really dramatic story of what God has done in your life, um, you know, since your childhood all the way through to where you are and what you are doing now. But you are pastoring the church in Raymond Terrace. We have mentioned this before.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: Okay, so let's... um, uh, but you've got some you've, you you've got some big things happening there in Raymond Terrace and what, what I wanted to go do is talk about you know the journey that you've had over the last couple of years mm. so when you first came to Raymond Terrace was there an Adventist Church there at all
2: yeah well there actually was Um it's an interesting story. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it on Faith FM, but I'm just going to do it anyway. And if anyone gets mad at me, just forgive me. So Yeah, okay. Our
0: number is one 800 334 843 And uh, you call that number, and I'll give you Blake's
2: number. <laughs> we'll just pass it on. Um, I So basically, uh, the evangelism director for our conference, his name is Matt Para. he calls me up, and we, my wife and I were doing uh, an evangelistic series up north in in the conference. And we were driving back down. But you're I not think, church pastors, are you? No, 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 no. We, I was, so I was. Basically, well, at the time I was a primary school teacher, but I had been all sorts of things, Um and then including
0: my, including a homeless bum.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I would <laughs> say I teenagers. would say residentially challenged individual, <laughs> but yeah, everyone's different. But yeah, that's part of your that's part of your life journey yeah. and your
0: life story. Yeah, and a valuable part of it, really, for what God's using you for now.
2: No, for sure, and and you know, nothing is uh, nothing. In, in your life, um, is a failure. It's just a learning opportunity. And That's I learned true. that I really like living in house. So, <laughs> um, so my wife and I, we, we go around, we, we share our music. Um, she's actually on you guys play or sometimes yeah, on the radio.
0: Malvina, she's on here on on Faith FM all the time. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah.
2: So she, uh, we we had a concert and we were doing an evangelism thing, encouraging people to pray and read the Bible, and that's just we were doing that on the on the weekends, basically sure. volunteering and, and sharing at churches. We're driving back. Matt calls me, and he says, "Hey, Blake, I have this idea for you." And I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm listening." And he's like, "I want you to do a repotting for the church," and my my response was, Matt. I don't smoke that anymore. But, and then he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, look, Matt, you know, I, I've, I've quit smoking marijuana. I, I, I'm, I'm not doing drugs anymore. Like I'm, I'm, I'm committed to the Lord. And he's like, I know that's why I'm talking to you. What is wrong with you? And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? And he's like, no, no, we want you to, it's like church planting, but we want you to repot the plant, put it in a different pot and move it somewhere else and, and change it all up. And I was like, Oh, oh, okay, that's a, that's a very different... Very different kind of pot. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's a very different kind of uh, repotting. So I was like, okay, um, what does that look like? Um, where do we, how do we do that? And he basically broke it down for me and said, there's a church that has been Raymond Terrace. They're a lovely church, um, but things are just not working the the way that they they should in a healthy capacity. And the church had decided, and the conference had decided to... Basically, put the put the church to rest, um, and then to replant it or repot it into in a different way in a different area. And so we, I was like, man, I don't know. That's I'm, that's not really my job. Like, I don't really know how to do that. And he's like, oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, um, great <laughs> assurance. Yeah, eh? thanks, Matt. Um, we and then we came. Like we went home, my wife and I, we talked about it and, and Matt was very convincing. And we, I just said, look, I need some time to pray about this. We actually ended up praying about it for three months. Cause I was oh, like, wow. yeah, I was like, if I do this, It, it changes everything. It changes where we live. It changes what I do for a living. It changes, um, where you're going to work. I was talking to my wife. Like, I I mean, this changes everything. This is not a little, and it's not, and we don't do this for three months and then we're done. Like, this is a life changer. So let's really pray about it. So we actually prayed about for three months. Um, and I went on. I went on a board meeting um, in El Salvador out on the waves. And I was having a board meeting, um, <laughs> and it's uh, on Salvador, my board. El Salvador.
0: Okay, so just explain. Yeah, El Salvador.
2: El Salvador is uh, a country in the Central America yes. region, and I went there with my cousin. Okay, and and I went there to get away from everything to clear my head, and it was just me, my cousin, and another mate of ours. Yep. And we said, and I was just like, Lord, um, do you want me? to plant churches. Mm-hmm. Is this something that you want me and to do? And a board
0: meeting involves a surfboard. Yeah, track. that's right, yeah, yeah very,
2: yeah. very official. But we keep a board meeting, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we're out there and I'm praying to the Lord and I'm, I'm talking to my cousins and my friend and, and just, I came to the conclusion, I, I felt like God was calling me to do this. So when I got back to the States and I, I flew back to Australia, um, I was visiting family. And then when I flew back to Australia, I called Matt up and I said, I'm in. Let's do this. And that was when the journey began. We went and I, I went to the Raymond Terrace Church. And then the very next week, we closed it down. And I uh, love those people. Uh, some of them actually still come to the new church plant, but we closed it down for basically 10 months, essentially. We, we, we closed it down for three months where there was nothing. And then we started meeting in someone's house. And then we started to develop a core leadership team. We started meeting in another person's house. and we kept growing. Started meeting in the senior citizens hall. And then we grew a little bit more. And then we started meeting in the scout hall. And we grew a little more. And we were only meeting once a month, then once a fortnight, uh, which is once every two weeks for our American listeners that don't know what a fortnight is. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So I want to be tolerant of them. (laughs)
0: Yes. You've learned to speak the Um, language well here in Australia.
2: Yeah, am I? (laughs) And uh, we then... In August 2017, so this all started in August 2016, this process. August 2017 was the first week that we started meeting weekly as a church, every weekend, from Sabbath to Sabbath. And so then... Uh, then we moved into the Salvation Army Church. So shout out Salvation Army, I love those guys. Now the um, the
0: existing church that was there that's being repotted that was meeting in a Uniting Church. That's meeting? right. It's so okay. the
2: Uniting Church, we were renting from the Uniting Church, and then we we just moved out of that facility. It didn't really cater to the needs of the demographic that we had, and um, great. And we really appreciate them as well. And and there's such a uh, a community of faith in Raymond Terrace, and they're very supportive. Uh, there's there's different pastors in the area from Madawi and Raymond Terrace. I just have nothing but respect for them, and they're just wonderful people. And so, um, we started meeting the Salvation Army Church 2017, and then that was every week, and we just started growing and growing and growing. So we went from eight to 12 people to uh, you know last week we had 48 people, and I think we're we're kind of averaging around. Sometimes we have 60 plus people and then sometimes we have just around 40 so kind of around that 50 mark when your host your co-host lawson when he preaches yes that he's we have the record for the highest because so Lawson is one of our Bible. So wait wait
0: a minute, your student, your
2: student. Yeah, he's become the master. (laughs) He is. He is overtaking. (laughs) Oh, fully. Yeah, when he preaches, it's it's brilliant, and people come. (laughs) And so we had over sixty plus people when he was preaching. So I'm I put him on the roster a couple more times to. Yeah, Just, bring Just bring in. the people in. <laughs> Let the people give the people what they want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and after after uh, after they uh, they think they're going to get Lawson every week, then then, then I'll sneak yeah, in. Yeah, you'll yeah. sneak in <laughs> and start preaching some sermons yeah. as well. <laughs> no, no, no. Blake does a great job, and and, and so does Lawson. That's a great team that they have happening over there. And and praise God for what's taking place. Recently, you did a uh, an NCD score on your church.
2: Yeah, so for those who don't know what an NCD is, it's the Natural Church Development, and it's a it's a survey that churches of so all like, denominations yeah, all denomination, yeah. I, I think there's seventy thousand churches that have participated worldwide so sure. of all multi multi denominations and yeah the lord has really blessed we've we've grown as a church um a year ago we had a, a 69.5 score and which, it's n- which for the record yeah. is a high score. yeah it's In not NCD it's not out of a hundred it's yeah. like if you're Basically, I think a fifty-five is like a good score. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Like a fifty-five is a, is a great score. That's right. And then we had this really high score of sixty-nine point five, and we were like, "Wow, this is this is almost seventy! Like this is incredible." And but there were a couple of things that we needed to work on. Like we needed to improve our small groups, our our sermons, our worship service. There were things that the survey reveals the, the health of the church. And so we picked three things and we said, we're going to focus on these things and we're going to make them the best. But the one thing we focused on the most was our life groups or our small groups to develop, um, small groups and our prayer meetings, or we call them, um, uh, share care and prayer time, uh, once a week. And, and we just said, we're going to focus on making this an amazing time. And then we had our survey again in 2018 this is 12 months later yeah 12 months later and we did it again and we had grown almost probably 40 percent 35 percent in numbers in the church um from around the 30s to now the like almost 50 basically and we got a score of 80 and we were like how is this is possible? There, is there any is there any church in Australia that
0: has a score of eighty? I've never in my in my entire life in ministry ever heard of a score of eighty on NCD.
2: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's a question you'll have to ask the NCD experts. But I will say, um, in terms of understanding what that means, because it kind of blew us away. It's basically within the top two point five percent churches of health in the world Mm -hmm. Um, and I want to I want to iterate and clearly state this is not my doing Mm -hmm. this is the Holy Spirit pouring out upon Raymond Terrace upon the people in that community and drawing people to a relationship with God 100% I'm just I'm just hanging on for the ride
0: and it's a part of the whole repotting process because um, I mean do you know what the NCD was of the uh, of the old existing church
2: um I do, but I don't want to say (laughs) it. It wasn't good. But
0: but what it it demonstrates is this, is that sometimes in the life of a church, you need to do radical things. You need to look at yourself. You need to take a long, hard look at your church, at yourself. NCD is a great way of doing that. And analyze and say, okay, we need to do something radical here. And it was certainly very, very radical what you guys did in Raymond Terrace, where you've actually like, you know, what we're just going to shut this down. We're going to repot this as a, you know, as as, as a new church.
2: Totally different, yeah.
0: <coughs> totally different. Change everything around. Well,
2: and, and we not only did, so we did. We did. We actually changed. everything. Everything. So normally what you will do is you have a Bible study time. So you welcome to church and you have a Bible study time. In in our church, we call it a Sabbath school. Um, Small group Bible study. Yeah, small group Bible study. Uh, And then we have church and then sometimes you have a potluck or a luncheon. So we, we actually flip the script. We have... Um, breakfast every week which you definitely want to come to that um, and then we have waffles right <laughs> yep waffles uh, uh, pastor Tom Evans he's basically that's his only job he's like the waffle guy <laughs> he's a, he does other stuff but like I try to encourage him to stick to that like he loves he loves making the waffles he's super good at it
0: so um, <laughs> I'll, I'll remind him this, like, <laughs> ne- so next time he gets something to preach I'll <laughs> be like yeah maybe you should be making yeah, waffles just make the <laughs> waffles <laughs> no
2: he's a, he's a great preacher actually Yeah. Um, so he uh, uh, yeah so we have the, the breakfast in the morning morning and then uh, we have church right after so church actually starts at 10 so so come at nine and then and then we have our breakfast and then 10 a.m. is when we actually have church. Then after church, we have our Bible study time. And the reason we do that is so when new believers come in, they hear something new in the sermon, we actually give them an opportunity to do a sermon debrief where they can ask questions about the sermon. We still have the uh, adult Sabbath school lesson in another class, but the sermon debrief is literally a time where you can talk to the preacher, talk to a group of believers and get clarity on what the sermon was about. And then afterwards, when we've had that spiritual food. We have Yummy food for lunch every week as okay, well. Okay, you guys
0: do food twice <laughs> yeah, a day. Yeah, we
2: book in. We book in the food. We have it in the beginning. We have it at the end with some spiritual food in the middle. And you're welcome to be part of all of it. Yeah.
0: Okay, so this is the 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 axe model of evangelism where they continued
2: daily in the apostles' doctrine. That's and it.
0: Breaking bread <laughs> and prayer.
2: Yeah. I and I always when I when I talk about it with my church, I'm like, and they broke bread. <laughs> and it's probably one of my favorite part. Yeah, that's right. Waffles are bread. super good.
0: <laughs> yeah, fantastic. That's, that's that's, that's really exciting to hear about, and uh, now you've got some exciting news. We've been running some ads this uh, yeah, this week right. on, uh, on on Faith FM. What is happening this Saturday?
2: Yeah, so this this, this Saturday is Saturday the ninth of March. That's right. So this Saturday on the 9th of March is um, the grand opening. So we've been meeting there um, at this new facility, which is forty five William Street, um, and. We are doing the grand opening. We're welcoming everyone, and I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but I'll just whisper it. But everyone who comes gets a free Raymond Terrace Mission Adventist Church T-shirt. So an RTM Church T-shirt. So, but but okay, keep we, that on the down low. We button. won't talk about that. Okay, yeah, we're not going to talk about that, right?
0: Uh, Blake, let me tell you this. Tell you, Let you in know, on something. There's a there's this thing that's called radio. Oh. Okay. And now the whole world knows (laughs) Okay, (laughs) sorry about that. Well,
2: anyway, we'll just keep it a secret to our listeners. All right, listeners. Yeah, free t shirt. Listeners, only on the grand opening. It's a limited edition t shirt. We want you guys to come and be a part of it. Check it out. Fantastic.
0: So you get a free t shirt, you get free breakfast, you get free lunch, you get an amazing sermon, uh, awesome Bible study, and whatever else you got. And the most
2: important thing out of all of it, you have an opportunity to have a free gift of salvation from Jesus Christ. That's what we're really offering people at church. Yeah, amen. Praise God. It's all about that freedom.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Blake, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM. Head over there to the Raymond Terrace Mission um, on the 9th of March yeah, and uh, for an, just an amazing experience with God. I just need to mention that our interview this morning was a pre-recorded interview with Blake Pen- Penland. <laughs> Penland uh, with Blake Penland and the reason that we're highlighting uh, Blake and the Raymond Terrace Church this morning is because they're coming up to the one year anniversary of their juice bar. So we're it's going to hopefully get the manager on here a little while to talk about everything that's happening over there. And uh, yeah, we had that uh, interview in the files and so we thought we'd remind everybody of some of the history of what, the amazing things that God has been doing in Raymond Terrace. And mm-hmm. if you live anywhere in that area, should go over there, check out their juice bar, check out their op shop, check out their church, check out everything that's going on, um, even,
1: yeah,
0: I'd say anyone who lives within an hour's drive, just
1: yeah, Go for a look-see, absolutely.
0: Absolutely, go check it out. And if you're travelling through, you're going to be coming up to that time of year, Christmas time, when people are going to be travelling through. And pretty much, if you're going to travel up and down the coast, you're going to go through Raymond Terrace. Yeah. And there's a juice bar there. Yeah. And it's summertime. So drop in. And it's going to be hot. Mm. And you're going to have want to have one of those uh, frozen, icy, kind of yummy, fresh, healthy <laughs> juices that they make. Have you been your, there? Yeah, heaps yeah, okay. of times. Have you?
1: No, because every what? day. What? Well, I think I think they just opened when I was I was in New, uh, I was in Australia last year for some weddings. Yes. And um yeah, Lawson at the time was like, oh, you should come out. And then I think I just couldn't because of time or something. And then like I when I came back this year, COVID happened. And then it's just like the second half of the year, it's just. I haven't been out there. And so this is a reminder for me. I'll go out. I'll there you try go. to of these
0: juices. Absolutely. You do need to go out there and uh, they're really good. They're really, really oh, good. No, I, I, bought them on, I bought them on a number <laughs> of occasions. Yes. Kind of whenever I'm in the area. I yeah, just yeah, yeah. go and buy one. They're just amazing. Absolutely. Okay, so that was uh, that was what the interview was all about. That's why we uh, had Blake on there. And if it did sound like it was a little bit old, it's kind of because it was. It was.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But it's for a reason. That's right. Eh. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on
0: Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.